Hey everyone, this is the uh, Trump of the Truth podcast. Today, um, we've got a man named Jalen Taylor with us. Uh, we knew Jalen, Allie and I did growing up from school. And uh, just tell him about yourself, Jalen. <laughs> you want me to go ahead and go full into my testimony or just wait a minute on that? Well, why don't you just tell a little what, bit? Yeah, what you do. Who you are, yeah. you are. Well, my name is Jalen Taylor, as he said, and um, I'm a preacher of the Word of God. I travel and do evangelism. I'm also a Christian rapper. Um, and so I'm going to give you all my testimony here in just a little bit. Yeah, and um, for those that don't know, that, for those of you that don't know, um, Jalen actually started rapping, doing other types of music, not necessarily Christian, but he started the rapping stuff when he was really young. Yeah, I was like 12 years old when I wrote my first song, yeah. and I my my idols at that time, which you shouldn't have any idols now. We worship God, but at the time, I idolized you know Eminem, Tech Nine. All the secular rappers, um, but you know the Lord turned that around, and now is using that for good because I don't listen to you know godless music like that anymore. But at the time, that's the kind of stuff I wrote. I had cursing. I talked about women and drugs and all the other stuff. Don't you think you needed to kind of go through that so God could use that gift of music that you have for good, even though you weren't mature enough to realize it yet? I, I yeah, believe that one hundred percent. The thing with it is, too, I understand since I was into secular music at the time. I understand a little bit more about like what, how do I say this? Um, like, okay, with my addiction, which we're going to get into a little bit. Yeah. If you haven't been through addiction, there's a certain part of it that you don't fully understand. And, I, and I'm one of those people, I have compassion for people with addiction. I don't have as much sympathy because I know there's help. Number one, there's the Lord Jesus Christ yeah. and he can break every chain. But the point I'm making is I went through it. And so I understand it's the same way with secular music is that, you know, the Lord, the Bible talks about he can take what Satan means for evil and he can use it for good, right. you know. And so he gave me the gift of music from birth and Satan wanted to twist that. You know, he twists everything that, that God wants to give if we allow him to. You right. know, so absolutely, well, I believe that. Not just music specifically for you, but there's also other gifts that you probably thrive in as well. But you really thrive in that music yeah. ministry, right? Yeah. You know, we all from birth are given something special about us. That God wants us to use for his glory. But like yeah. you said, Satan has a way of twisting that and manipulating and skewing your vision and the lenses that you see things through to make it for bad and not for good. Well, you know, uh, this while you were saying that, the Apostle Paul, um, he was very zealous as a Jew. Mm -hmm. He was very, very smart in scriptures in the Old Testament, but he was full of hatred. He was full of the devil at the time, but God saved him. He already had a gift for being zealous. Mm -hmm. He already had a gift for going all out. And he had passion too. Like he, yeah. he, he didn't just know, but he was passionate about yeah. it. Right. And so when he got saved, you know, it, it's already there. And there's, I think there's a lot of business people that are greedy, that are lusting after money, mm -hmm. that if they would serve the Lord, God can use that for his glory in business. I mean, it, it, it can be any aspect of, of your life, you know, that, that can give glory to God. So I, I agree with that a hundred percent that, you know, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> what was it you asked me a while ago? What was the question you asked me? I think it was, don't you think, wouldn't you agree that, uh, your gift from birth was music yes. and yes. Satan? Yeah. You know, okay. For bad and yeah. Sorry. I, I literally was like going so fast. Oh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. So, right. I think we all, we're good. And check that box. So if you want to, go ahead and just yeah. get into your testimony. Okay, yeah. So I grew up right around here in Greenfield, where we are now, or South Greenfield. <laughs> uh, my dad was um, an alcoholic, and he, when I was like 12, he cut his thumb off and became a heroin addict, got on pain pills, started shooting up heroin. And when I was 12 and 13, I started drinking alcohol, smoking pot. And by the time I was 14, That's you so know, young. yeah. So young. Yeah, I was I was like super super. I know it's crazy now because at the time I thought I was like an adult, but yeah. you know you're so little. Yeah, oh, man, twelve was really young. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I was I was twelve years old the first time I smoked pot. I was thirteen the first time I drank, and and then I, and then by the time I was fourteen, I was doing uh, pills, all kinds of speed. Um, you know, just everything. And then by the time I was eighteen, I was on the needle. I shot up heroin. I shot up morphine. I dropped out of high school in my senior year. So I have a question, and this isn't necessarily biblical, but it's more personal because sure. I have this is a very controversial um, thought and idea. You said you started smoking pot first, right? Yeah. Would you say that pot 
would be kind of like a gateway to shooting up to taking. I would say pot is no different than anything else. Really? Um, you so know, I've had that argument. I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, I've had that argument with so many people that are like, oh, dude, weed's just no big deal. You know, no. some people can probably smoke weed in moderation and not let it yeah. affect them. But there's a lot of people that we know, all of us know, that started smoking weed just like you did. And then in just a couple of short years, well, it turned into something way, way, way worse. When it comes to like medical stuff like that, that would be a whole other discussion if someone's right. taking it like to help them eat, but they're eating it or something. And I'm not even going to give like a full opinion on that because I haven't studied it. But as far as smoking it, the Bible teaches to be sober-minded. You know, the Bible, our body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're damaging your lungs. You're going to be around other people who are ungodly. You're not going to smoke weed and go read your Bible and <laughs> seek the Lord. So I could give you a hundred reasons why smoking pot in my eyes. Now, yeah, it may not be as a desperation addiction as like doing pills or doing meth or, or even being addicted to alcohol where you will still, you will, you know, fall down drunk and, and, and people say you can't even overdose on weed. And that all may be true. But in scripture and what I've seen, excuse me, is that Satan will use that to tempt you and you're not sober minded. You right. you will either be, you know, make dumb decisions. You'll be paranoid. There, there's so many different reasons as to why it's not a good so idea. So the key there for you is sober mindedness. Yeah. No, absolutely. If you're not sober minded, you can't well, seek the face of God yeah, directly. You're yeah. draw, it's drawing you away from God. And here's the thing. It's not that God in our sin is pushing us away. The Bible says our sin separates us from God. So we run from God when we're living in our sin, when we should run to him and be free from our sin and be, be forgiven and set free. But when you're smoking weed, drinking, doing drugs, whatever it may be, you're running away from God. And eventually the Lord will find you and hopefully you'll be saved, you know, because God offers salvation, anyone that will receive him. But no, I've talked to other people about smoking weed and, you know, just because the culture says it's okay, it's just like abortion, gay marriage, all these other things. It doesn't matter, you know, what, what the culture says is okay. It's what the word of God says. And, you know, we, when you're destroying your lungs, you're taking something in, you're wasting your money, you're going to be around ungodly people. So there's many reasons. So yeah, that was what I started on and it did lead me to other drugs because I was around other people because everyone says, oh, I'm just smoking pot. I would guarantee you at least 50% of people that smoke weed are doing something else, yeah. even if it's just once in a See, while. And that was my point to, yeah. the, to that whole little yeah, it led <laughs> segment off of your testimony was that you know, smoking weed, like say if, if you're listening to this and maybe you smoke a little weed. Yeah, and I'm not going to beat someone up for it. Oh, and yeah. I won't either. Yeah. The whole premise of this little, you know, kind of off-topic discussion was that, you know, it can lead to other things. I believe it can. Yeah, And absolutely. it sounds like you do too because you just said 50% of people that are smoking weed are probably doing well, and you experienced things, it. And you yeah. experienced it. So and it anyways, put me around other people yeah. that were doing that. And they were doing pills. And that's how I got on pills. And that's how I got on meth, alcohol. I mean, it literally led into all that other stuff. Right. Being around the crowd that smokes weed, there's going to be and one guy there who's, who's connected. And it's, you know. Maybe it's not directly smoking the weed that's doing it but it's the atmosphere it's the feeling well but then you're also you're you're searching for a high and you're saying well this brings me down a little bit and someone else says well there's something over here that'll make you feel uplifted there's something over here that'll make you hallucinate you know because different drugs do different things and so you start to get curious satan will use that to draw you in i mean satan the bible says he walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour you know what I mean? So he's looking for a door for us to devour. But um, when it comes to my testimony, I will say this. Um, when I got into my addiction, when I first started, it was a lot of fun. I actually, when I was 13, 14, even 15 and 16, I had a lot of fun. I didn't like getting in trouble, but I, I enjoyed it. But when I got where I was, I, it got to a point when I was doing pain pills and then I started doing heroin where I would wake up and I would literally shake. I, my stomach would hurt. I would throw up. I mean, I couldn't go to school, go to work or do anything unless I had the drugs first. And I would steal from people. I would do anything I could to get my hands on drugs. And what happened was it got to a place where I wanted to get clean. But at that point, I was so pulled in by my addiction that I couldn't do it in my own strength. I tried many different things. And so what happened was, is I went to my grandma's house in Warsaw, Missouri, when I was actually, I was 19 at the time. And she found out that I was shooting up. She came and found me in Greenfield at my dad's house in bed. And she got me up. And anyways, I went to her house. I was trying to get clean. Well, the truth is I was, and this was the second time I went to a senior year. So I had already dropped out of school once. So I went back that fall in August in Warsaw, Missouri. And so 
Um, but I was working a job up there and I would leave every three or four days and I would go to Greenfield secretly and get more drugs. Well, she found a needle under the couch. So I went three days with nothing because she basically kept me like she stayed with me. It was so bad that I I would get in the shower. I would get in my bed. I would get in the floor. I was hot. I was cold. It was the worst withdrawals I'd ever been through. And I was literally hallucinating. And it got to the point where I was hearing voices and I even started talking to Satan, which I did not hear him talk back or anything, but I actually talked to him and I said, you know, I will sell my soul and, and worship you for fame and fortune and for drugs. I was that desperate. I mean, I, don't, I haven't told a lot of people that, but that did happen in that moment. I was in such a, it was so evil. And here's the thing, all the time I was getting high, I'd seen some evil things, but this was like, it was like the, the withdrawing off my, off of drugs I, it was like the demons were jumping on me so hard. I mean, I was being attacked so hard. And I told my grandma, I begged her, I said, please take me back home to Greenfield because I wanted to get high. She wouldn't do it. And I, I told her, I said, I want to do something really bad. I was thinking of taking her, her money, her car, like forcibly. And I, and my grandma was like the most important person to me in the world. I would never hurt her. And so I took off walking and Warsaw is 80 miles from here. It's up around Clinton, Missouri. And I walked from Warsaw, Missouri back to Greenfield, Missouri. No, you did not. Yeah. 80 miles. I got, I got, I think five rides in between, but it was still like a eight, maybe 10 hour journey. I can't remember how many hours, but it was an all day thing. And I did hitchhike and um, I was literally delusional. I had no shirt on. It was just my shoes. I think I had my phone. And maybe water, and that was it. And I was, I was literally, I mean, it was like my skin was crawling. I just wanted to get high. That's why I took off walking. And when I got three miles, I, I ended up uh, um, getting to my house, my old house, um, out on BB Highway. And that's whenever I started walking toward town the last three miles. And I was by myself because no one was home and I couldn't find anything there. I hadn't been there for a few months or whatever. But I, that's when I looked up. And, and I'll never forget, it was right before I hit the highway, I was going toward the stop sign. And I looked up and I said, Lord, I don't know if you're there, but if you can hear me, I'm going to die. You know, at the, at the time, I didn't know if God could hear me. I didn't know if God actually cared. I, I There were times I believed in God. There were times I, I, I was afraid of God because I knew I was living in sin. There were even times that I knew if I died, I would go to hell because I knew I wasn't saved. But that was the moment that I looked at my life and I said, I've dropped out of school twice now. I have literally lost my family. My little sister, Cameron, who's 18 now at the time, was like 12. And she was literally like a daughter to me growing up. And she was so heartbroken when I left home. Yeah. You know, and I did all that because of drugs. And that was so hard. And I literally looked at everything. And I just cried out to the Lord. And I said, Lord, if you're there, I said, I, I, I'm i going to die. I need you to save me. And that same night, my mom had a dream that she needed to come find me. And so she came looking for me and I was with Tristan Burton and I was walking in the park. We were going to go get some weed or something like that. And my mom and my family was in the park having a birthday party. And she came running to me, literally crying and said, please let me help you. And I was literally so cold in my emotions. I didn't cry, didn't nothing. And I just said, okay. I said, here's what I need. And so this was in September of 2015. It was one month later that I finally went back home to her house. Mm-hmm. It was it was Monday, October 15th was the day that I went. I got some medicine to help me come off of the opiates and the heroin. Yeah. And my mom took me back into her home. She paid for my treatment. I started getting into a good church. But um, what I'm saying is it was 2015. and But that last month of my addiction from September, from the time I saw her until October was the worst month of addiction in my life. It was literally a struggle every day just to get $10 worth of drugs, just to get enough to barely make it. I mean, I was doing $100 worth of drugs a day. I was stealing guns from people. I was ripping people off. I literally took family heirlooms, I mean, things that were in our family and sold them, um, things I can't get back now. Um, I mean, this was really, really deep. And I was, you know, and, and I was, and I believe the Lord did this. He made it so hard for me. I've never had a month like this. I mean, I had hard times before, but it was like every day I could barely just get enough, not to get high, but to just barely make it through my day, if even that. And that, and so I was so ready. I just wanted someone to help me. And here's what's crazy. When I, when I went home, I had no idea that you could actually know God. 
I didn't know. I thought Christianity was just religion. I believed in God, and there was something in my heart that really thought it was true, but I had no idea. I didn't like a know. Relationship, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that you could know God in His Word, that you could know His voice, that you could pray and He would answer you, mm-hmm. that you could know peace. I mean, the Bible says being justified by faith, we have peace with God. And a lot of people don't know peace because they don't have peace with God. They're living in their sin, and so they're apart from peace. So it took me about 45 days, and I was, when I went home, I I never touched any kind of pain pills again Mm -hmm. from day one. Those first 45 days, I didn't really feel sick because I had medicine to help me. But my mind, I was literally... It was like my whole world just stopped. Yeah. I didn't go to work. I actually didn't have a job at the time. I quit my job in Warsaw. I didn't go to work. I didn't do anything. I literally just slept and ate food and started gaining my strength. But it was like I started getting into a good Bible preaching church. Pastor Sean Patrick, who's still one of my best friends today, literally, he would preach to me and say, Jalen, you don't have to be bound up. There's freedom in Jesus Christ. And I'd never really heard a preacher preach like that, except for like on YouTube and stuff. But in person, I'd never met someone that really preached. You know, I mean, when I was a kid, I grew up in a Baptist church. And but I don't remember a lot of that. I do remember. But but and as an adult, this was the first time that anyone had ever preached to me and the anointing was there to break the yoke. And so I started getting into a church that was full of the word, full of God's spirit. And he told me, he said, Jalen, read your Bible. And the devil fought me for two weeks straight. I said, I'm going to read my Bible. I never did. Kept making excuses, kept getting busy. And finally, one day I opened. I started with the book of Romans. I went through Romans first and second Corinthians. Yeah, why did you start in Romans? I don't know. That's what the Spirit led him. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just started with Romans. I think because it was like the first. If I, if I, well, Julius Caesar's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it was like the first book that Paul, you know, wrote after uh, the after the book of Acts. I think. Yep. Yeah. Romans first. Yeah. So I started there because I always heard about Paul. Mm-hmm. I went through Romans first and second Corinthians, and I didn't really understand it, but it was like there was a moment where the, the scripture just came alive, and I started reading for hours every day. Awesome. You know, and to this day, I'm going on October 12th. This year will be seven years clean, and I, I read the I've read the Bible every day for seven years, That's and amazing. I may only read five minutes of it. Mm-hmm. I may read an hour or two hours, but every single day I read the scripture. And that's what changed my life was going to church, reading the scripture. And then this is really where things change. When God called me to preach a year later, I found this church right down the road here in Kinsborough. And I live, I used to live in South Greenfield when I got clean. I don't now I live in Mount Vernon at my house, but I found this church that was always open and the pastor there, I ended up meeting him one day and he said, you can come here anytime. I went there every day, um, pretty much every single day. Except and we can Sunday. attest to that because we yep. have seen your car yep. there. We, almost live, we live less than a half a mile. From <laughs> yeah. Every time we drive by, we see you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe not so much the last month since I moved to Mount Vernon. Right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, but the last that, four or five years. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we've seen that white car there more than we've seen probably the regular weekly people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've probably been there well over a thousand times, but that's where my life changed was mm-hmm. going to that church and getting before God. And that, I think, is one of the biggest problems in the church today is people lack intimacy with God. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't matter if you're an emotional person, if you're a tough guy, if you're whatever, if you're a woman, yes. if you're a man, you have to know the Lord. It's not about a bunch of emotions and feelings. It's about being humble before God, crying out to Him, talking to Him, reading His Word so He can talk to you. Mm-hmm. You know, but, um, and I'm leaving a lot of things out, but I'm just going as God's leading me. But here's what I'm going to say. When I got saved, I was 19 years old. I had been on drugs since I was 13, and and that's when I got clean. I was 19 years old, October 12, 2015. 45 days in, it was like a light just came on. I went from literally feeling like my whole world just stopped. I started writing music again. That's when I started reading my Bible, and it was like God just, I don't know how to explain it, but it was like I, I went from feeling dead, recovering, and then that whole next year, the Lord just grew me and grew me. And then he called me to preach. I started writing my you know, Christian rap songs. Yeah. And then two or three years later, he, the Lord kind of sovereignly allowed me to learn how to produce and build a studio. And now I am where I am today and I'm continuing to grow. But like I said, there's, there's probably more to my testimony. But at the end of the day, you know, my testimony is that, you know, I repented and I turned and that the Lord saved me. Yeah. You know, because there's power in God's Holy Spirit to set you free. And that's what... 
Pastor Sean told me, he said, Jesus has the power. Because see, when you're in addiction or any kind of sin, there's scales over your eyes, just like Paul, which obviously at the time he was saved, but, but you know, there was a scale over his eyes. But it's like you can't see the light. But when, when someone preaches the word, that seed goes into your heart mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit can break those chains off of you. And that's what the Lord did for me. He shattered those chains of darkness. You know, Isaiah 58 talks about the bands of wickedness. You know, he loosed the bands of wickedness in my life. You know, and that's really my testimony is I found, well, not that I found the Lord, that he found me. Right. You know, God always knew where I was. He was calling my name and I had a grandmother that was praying for me. I had other family members that's praying so for important. me. Yeah. Praying for you. Yeah, that's absolutely. Important. And I always tell people if there's hope, there's hope. Don't give up hope. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, so, have, I have a couple questions for you. Yeah, you absolutely. Mind. So a the part where you were walking down BB, like into town. That's the part that stays out to me too. Really? Much. Like, oh yeah, that's like that's what I made me think of the song. Yeah, and you, you cried out to the Lord. Do you remember like what made you do that? Like what um, feeling overcame you? Well, whenever um, the the three days leading up to that were the worst withdrawals I'd ever had. Mm-hmm. And I was so desperate. I wanted to be clean. I had wanted to be clean for a year before that, and it was going to my old house and looking around at all the ruin that was there, looking at myself and just looking around me and saying, I've tried everything. I've tried sitting in a room with someone until I get through my withdrawals. I've tried other things, but I haven't, but I, but but yeah, it's not working. And then I didn't know what else to do, but to just say, Lord, if you're there, can you help me? I wanted to be free, but that's the thing. I didn't have the power myself. God had to save me, and I was ready to surrender. If the Lord would give me the freedom, I was ready to surrender. And that's what I tell people, is that when you pray for your family members, like you were talking a while ago, God has already made the way for them. As you're praying for them, all they have to do is surrender. When they're ready, God has already provided through Christ the road for their freedom. Absolutely. I love uh, this little saying, desperation brings deliverance. You know, once you get desperate, oh, that's, yeah, that's when you can that's, be delivered. When you said desperate, that was the first word you used when she asked you that question. Yeah, you said I was desperate. desperate. And then that, like right there, I was like, <laughs> that confirmed it because in order to fully submit, there's a level of desperation yeah. that needs to occur in someone's spirit. Absolutely. Like, like you said, you had expended all options. Well, and I think was helping you. And it was that desperation that made you cry out to the Lord. No, that's 100% true. I think sometimes Satan overplays his hand. I think whenever (laughs) people are comfortable in their sin and, you know, maybe your average person who's going to work every day and maybe they're watching, you know, a little bit of pornography or they're, you know, they're married, they're fine. But, you know, it's like maybe there's just a little bit of something, which that's not a little thing. I'm just, my point yeah. is. There's a little stronghold else, that someone yeah. has on. And to them, they're, they're going to work. They're doing fine. They're, they're trying to do things right. And my point is they're comfortable, but when everything in your life starts falling apart and you start losing everything, you know, sometimes Satan overplays his hand. Yeah. You know, he can push you right into the arms of God. Think about Jesus. Jesus went to the cross. Satan was the one that was putting those that hatred on those people's hearts. God ultimately was the one who was sovereignly orchestrating all of it because, you know, that's yeah. what was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. But Satan literally drove Jesus to the cross. Ultimately, it was God because yeah. it was his plan. But the point yeah. I'm making is he drove and ultimately defeated himself, you know, because I believe there's a scripture, if I'm not mistaken, in Colossians that even talks about if they would have known what they were doing, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so Satan can overplay his hand. And with me, I think I was so beaten down by addiction and it was my own choice. Right. And that's why I said I have a lot of compassion for people, but I don't have as much sympathy and that, again, that might be sound weird or whatever. But the point I'm making <laughs> no, it is, makes perfect sense. yeah, you know, your heart breaks for someone in their sin. Yeah. Your heart breaks that they're choosing this. But on the other side, you know that that freedom is there for them. And so you can't really feel sorry for them, but you feel compassion mm-hmm. for them. You know, Jesus said he saw them and they were like sheep having no shepherd. And his heart was moved with compassion. And in the Greek, it means his bowels were literally wrenched with compassion. Wow. He saw them and his heart was moved because they were like sheep. Sheep having no shepherd, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's who our God is. Yeah. Wow. 
I like to think of Satan as a dog on a leash. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, 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 that's true. Yeah. What did uh, Pastor Mark used to say? Like, Satan, you know, really, he has no He's a power. defeated like, foe, like yeah. God wanted to just reach down and go, flick, he could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, you're right, 100%. No, absolutely. Wow. Dylan, that was moving. Wow. It was really inspiring. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, like, I, that's that's my whole message when I go and preach is I preach the cross. Yeah. You know, Paul said, you know, to the world, it's foolishness because people don't understand. But, you know, the Bible teaches us that Jesus had to die because we've all sinned. And someone had to pay that price. And if we pay it, we're going to pay for eternity. Yeah. Right. And yep. millions of years are going to go by and your suffering cannot pay for sin. So, and people ask me this, well, how come, how come you go to hell for eternity? Mm -hmm. Because we've sinned against the eternal God and yeah. he's holy. He's righteous. Yeah. But Jesus came that we wouldn't have to pay that. Price. Yes. We had a question asked one time and the, it was, when we listened to Patrick Walk in Tennessee, yeah. someone asked him, sorry, it's no, cold in here. How could a good God send people to hell? Yeah. And he said, well, the better question is how could a holy God let Buck wild evil people in. Yeah. yeah. Into, heaven. into heaven, you know. Like he's holy. Like he's holy. Yeah. He's yeah. holy and he's eternal and he's, oh. you know, all the glory goes to him. How could he let demon possessed, crazy people <laughs> Absolutely. live in a holy place? And God can't. Yeah. And God is a consuming fire. You know, the Bible says, and he's holy, he's righteous. The Bible says he's light in him, there is no darkness. You know, and so. That's the beautiful plan of salvation is that Jesus, when we trust in him, see salvation is simple. It's two things. You repent, you turn from your sin and you trust in Jesus. It's that simple. Yeah. You have to be willing to turn. And a lot of the church today does not preach repentance. They only preach about, you know, just whatever, but they don't talk about repentance. You do have to, in your heart, say, yeah. I'm turning from this and I'm turning towards God. It doesn't mean from day one that you're going right. to be perfect. It doesn't mean that you're going to just 100% stop sinning. And even as Christians, we'll never be 100% without sin. But, Jesus. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I always... Um Tell people that just because you're born again doesn't mean you're never going to sin again. It yeah. means that you're not going to live in your sin. Absolutely. And you've had right? that change of heart. Yeah. Like that's you, you desire to please God. Mm -hmm. right? And that's what the Bible talks about. The fruit of your righteousness, the fruit. And it's a righteousness that's not your own. Mm -hmm. And when, when people understand the cross and they understand that Jesus, not only did he die, he rose again, proving that he was the son of God. But you understand he takes your sin and the wrath that you deserve on that cross and he gives you his righteousness. Yeah. Right. So that when God looks at you, it's as though you never sinned. Mm -hmm. Because in your sin, you can't go to heaven. The Bible says if you offend at one point of the law, you're guilty of all. Guilty. And, and we've all sinned before God. And so when I got saved that first year, I was a mess. The drugs were gone, but God had to free me from lust. He had to free me from, you know, from cursing, from slander, from, you know, uh, whatever it was, you know, and, and to this day, I'm still growing as everyone is, you know, we're mm -hmm. always going to grow. But here's the difference. When you have a conviction in your heart, the Holy Spirit will, will will draw your heart. You know, if you say something you shouldn't, and I'm sure you two are married, there's times you probably said something to each other, even if it was just a, a sentence, you know, or or maybe a way you reacted, and then you get convicted about it, you know. Glorified, we absolutely meant it, what we said. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in that moment, we yeah. still get conviction. We still get conviction yeah. because it's not how you should treat your spouse. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's 100% right. But that's the beautiful thing is it's the conviction of the Lord that's drawing you to God, mm -hmm. whereas the condemnation of the devil draws you away from God. You know, it says, well, I can never be saved. I can never be forgiven. I'm never going to. And that's the danger. And, and I am not against, you know, Calvinist brothers and sisters, if they're truly believing the gospel, which most all of them are. But there's a danger in, in believing that God chooses who's going to be saved, which is Calvinism. Mm -hmm. Because then some people say, well, I guess I'm just not the one that's going to be saved. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's essentially predestination. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And But the Bible says he freely offers to all, you know, whosoever will. You know what I mean? So so that offer is there, and, and freedom is there for people. And that's mm -hmm. why I go and I preach, because I know what it's like to, to feel lost. And there were times that when I was probably 17, 18, when I would go to bed and I would actually 
fear, you know, death. I would fear, you know, if I die, I'm not going to go to heaven. If I die, you know, I have rejected and rebelled against the law of God, you know, and there was a fear of the Lord on my heart. And so there did come a point in my addiction where I wanted to be free. And honestly, you know, after six, seven years, I don't ever tell people, oh, I'm a recovering addict. If that's what someone else says, that's fine. I'm not against that. And that's, there's nothing wrong. But for me, I'm a child of God. I'm a new creation. Like, I don't even think about my addiction unless someone else brings it up, unless I'm given a testimony, which I love to do. And there's nothing wrong with that because the Bible says our testimony literally overcomes Satan because you're telling people this is real. Mm -hmm. Like Peter, when he said we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He said, we were there. We saw what Jesus did. And that's our, all of our testimonies as yeah. believers is not only do I believe what the Bible says, but I'm walking it out. I've seen it in my own life. Well, and you we know? wouldn't have the four gospels if it weren't for testimony. Absolutely. <laughs> like, all of those are testimonies of Jesus. Yeah. Jesus Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, man. That's great. Um, while you're talking, we normally do the song of the week, and we hadn't quite had one figured out yet, but... Something's come on my spirit when he was giving his testimony, and I thought of Dead Man Walking by Jeremy mm-hmm. Camp. And I'm, yeah. I looked those up and read the lyrics because, okay. like, these lyrics were flowing through my brain at 100 miles an hour, especially when you <laughs> talk about song. walking from your house and you look up to God. Read those lyrics. It's okay. a great song. I'm looking. Sorry, I'm not. I could sing them, but I don't know if you want me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, I, I, um, I really appreciate like I said, you all have me come today. Yeah. It's oh, really it cool, was, man. Yeah. I, I wish yeah. I could hear that again for the first time. Yeah. It was really good. And after, whenever later, if you guys have any more questions on these cards right there. Yeah, I think we do. Answer. Yeah, we're going to get some cards going here in a second. For some reason, Google I'm not on a time limit. No, we so, got yeah. it. You yeah. guys choose the time. We yeah. can stay here for three hours for all <laughs> oh, I yeah. care. Google's not working for me, so just recite it from the uh, okay. I got my phone. It's like, freedom was something I never found, trying to find six feet underground. Um, I know the chorus. I'm a dead man walking. Yeah. Now I can't remember the chorus. <laughs> I'm a dead man walking. Yeah. Until until I saw the light. Whenever you try to yeah, think you of, put me on the spot. Now I can't remember. But I did that with the football. Thirty player. minutes ago, or however long it was, I was thinking the song. All of those lyrics. Were yeah, yeah. So it's a good song. Go check out "Dead Man Walking" by Jeremy Camp. Um. One more question on your testimony that I have is if you had to give advice to anyone that was going through something, what you went, like you went through, what would like a three sentence advice be? I don't know if you can sum it up in three Find sentences. a good Holy Spirit filled church and don't just settle for the first church you come across unless it's the Lord. Cry out to God and keep, keep crying until you get free. Mm-hmm. When I, got set free from smoking cigarettes was was like a year or two after I got saved. Uh, A lot of people don't know this, but the first year I preached, I was still smoking cigarettes, but I was Mm -hmm. trying to quit. It took me a whole year to quit smoking from the time I decided. But here's the thing. I kept praying. I kept saying, Lord, you know, I know I can quit today, but, and I should, and I kept failing, but I, but I kept getting up. So that would be my number one advice to anyone that's completely lost is, you know, repent, turn to Jesus Christ and if you keep falling, the Bible says a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. The Bible says light begets light. If your heart truly wants freedom, mm-hmm. there is truly freedom in Jesus Christ. And if you fall, get up and keep running back to God. And my song of the week would be Run <laughs> Run to the Father by Cody oh, Carnes. Yeah, yeah. We, did that, we did that one like three weeks ago. Yeah, we? yeah. Run, run to the, to the Father. Oh, that's a yeah. good one. And that would be my advice, you know. So, so, and then thirdly, simple, and, and everyone might think it's cliche, we wouldn't as believers, but get in your word. There's power in the word of God. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life, you know? And so when you read this word, there, there is power in there to break those chains. And so if anyone's listening, you're in addiction, maybe it's not, maybe you're, you're, you know, uh, maybe it, maybe it's porn addiction. Maybe you're, 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 you know, gambling all your money away. You're about to lose your marriage, whatever it might be. There, there's so much sin in the world. But here's the thing. If you want to be free, you can be in Jesus Christ. And mm-hmm. if you fall, if you cry out today and you fall tomorrow, get up again. Yep. And eventually you will be free. If you really want to, there is freedom. So, yes, get in a good church because then you're going to be around believers. The word of God's going to be going forth. Have mm-hmm. people pray with you. Have someone to hold you accountable. And at the end of the day, 
be willing to go through some pain. Yeah. You know, Jesus said, if your right eye offends you, pluck it out from you. Yeah. And I know that was obviously not, you know, he wasn't literally telling us to pull our eye out. But what he was saying is sin is so serious because if you're living in iniquity and you don't turn from your sin and you don't trust in Jesus, you're going to spend eternity in the lake of fire. Yeah. I would rather go through pain now. And, and whether that be loneliness, whether, and here's my last piece of advice for that, because I have to say this, please get away from the ungodly people. When you've been clean and saved and free for a year or two, you can go back and minister or maybe six months, but yeah. you got to be right with God first. I want to tell you all something to this day. I still have not seen hardly any of the people that I used to hang with. Not because if any of them called me, I would go meet with them today if they yeah. wanted to. And some of them I have knocked on their door. Mm -hmm. But here's the point. From day one, I shut all of that out. I completely, all the people I was running with, and I have talked to some of them periodically through text messages, Facebook, you know, and some of them have actually even been saved Amazing. and things. But my point is that first, you know, even year that you're saved, you can't be worrying about those other people. Now you can minister to other people, yeah. but if they're your old sinful friends, you got to focus on you. Mm -hmm. There needs to almost be, and this sounds weird. I don't even know if I've ever said this, but almost like a divine selfishness, but it's not selfish. If yeah. I'm not right, I can't help no one. Mm -hmm. And that's how it is as a preacher. If I'm not in this word for me first, I can't get up and preach the word of God. Yeah. How, how can you bring other people's other people to Jesus, if you're not there yourself. Yeah. No, absolutely. Right. So yeah, that's like my five or six yeah, tips. Yeah, no, it's great. And to yeah. add to that, like we podcast several weeks back, we kind of talked about like some people might misconstrue that as um, you're okay. better than them yeah. or no. an uppity. You know what I'm saying? I'm oh, sure you've experienced it. He's holier yes. than thou, and, and you're gonna have that. Yeah, and yeah. so just stay strong. Like dig in your word, like Jalen said, and mm -hmm. God will give you strength to get get past that worldly view. We heard a. Uh, Oh, it, it was a quote. I heard. I can't remember. I heard from. Anyway, it said that uh, the person that said it said, "You want the first step of like Jalen said, getting away from you know sinful friends mm -hmm. and what you know your past life. Jesus, yeah. it, delete your contacts. Yeah, delete your contacts because as long as you stay yoked up with unbelievers, yes, you'll never come to the cross. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and here's here's the other part of that. If I'm hanging out with someone that's living a lifestyle of sin, whatever it may be, but they're not they're not praising God, they're not encouraging, whatever it might be, but they're not in the Lord. And there's nothing wrong when you're a strong believer in doing that, but even then you really shouldn't be super close with people all the time. You should be ministering to them, be friends to them, but your inner circle, and this is just my opinion according to Scripture, should not be a lot of sinful unbelievers. That's a hard word, but it's true. But here's what I'm saying. If I'm around someone who's living a lifestyle of sin and I'm trying to be free, I may not do anything. But in that moment, am I being edified? Am I being, are we talking about the Lord? Yeah. Are we, are we, you know, are we going to pray together when we go home? Whatever it might be. But here's my point. You know, if, yeah, you may be strong enough to hang out with someone after you, you get free from drugs. But what's the point now again down the road yes go minister to them yeah. and god may call you to to go to into the that. bars to go into this you, you know everyone's different mm -hmm. for me it was just to go preach it was to preach to whoever would listen you know and i don't even specifically target addicts i target everyone mm -hmm. right. who will hear the word of god. everyone's addicted to something i mean yeah. it doesn't have to yeah, be dry sure. i mean like you yeah. said like cigarettes there's tons of people I mean, that, yeah that don't <laughs> yeah that, i mean that might not view that as a problem but it's something that's taking your time and your money and your effort away from god it's Absolutely. an addiction food's been my big stronghold lately <laughs> really? oh, yeah 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 um i thought something while you were talking about the your your circles of friends and you know you're not supposed to just have a, a few friends and your inner circle should be you know, godly men or mm -hmm. women, you know, mm -hmm. they're going to keep you grounded in that. Yeah. And if you think about it, Jesus had a giant circle of followers. He ministered to thousands and thousands of people. Well, he had hundreds following him all the time. Yeah. And within the hundreds, he had 12 that he confided in. And within 12, he had three <laughs> yep. that he was intimate with and shared only close details. With. That's right. So there's something to that, Dalen, because That's true. that example he just gave was actually an example that Jesus gave us in the gospel. Yes. So. You know, that's a hundred percent true. And there, there's some hard things in scripture that, you know, young believers would not always understand, but you know, even when it comes to, um, False teachers. The mm -hmm. Bible tells us to mark and avoid them. If, if they're preaching a different gospel, and like there's a guy, and I can't say his name because of HIPAA, but at the at the veterans home where I work, and he's a Jehovah's Witness. He's literally one of the sweetest guys ever. 
And I've talked to him a couple times about the Lord and it's so hard. And at the end of the day, I'm not going to judge him before the Lord, but the church as a whole, they don't believe in the divinity of Christ. Right. They believe that the Holy Spirit is not a person. It's like a force, which is, which is really idolatry because the Holy Spirit is God. Yeah. You know, and right. I could go on and on, but my point is it's hard if you don't understand to say, well, at the end of the day, I'm not his judge anyways, but I am going to judge the word. I am going to judge the doctrine because the Bible says, don't even bid them Godspeed. That doesn't mean don't show love. It means don't bless them in what they're doing. Yeah. So I can't bless him as he's believing heresy about that, that Christ was a created being and all yeah. this kind of stuff. Yeah. I can love him. I can ask him what he thinks and listen to him and tell him right. the scriptures, but I can't just sit there alongside him. That's a hard saying for someone that doesn't understand, mm-hmm. you know, so the, and there's so many other things like oh, that. There's no, yeah, and there's no difference really in that than someone who's an, uh, an, an outspoken homosexual, but yeah. wants to come to church and then wants the church to cater and bend to their lifestyle Absolutely. because it makes them feel good. Mm-hmm. No, the church would say, we love you, yes. but you can't expect to be born again if you're going to continue Absolutely. To being a homosexual. Yeah. No, that's, you're right. You're in, that's right. in contradiction to God's word. So yes. it is. Not uh, acknowledging Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Not acknowledging that the divinity of Jesus Christ. Okay, guys. So now we're going to do these. We're going to give Jalen some questions of this Christian culture. We're going to ask him four questions. Okay. Table talk. Yeah. So the first question is, what is your favorite thing about God? Oh, man. There's a lot, but I'll try to just say one thing. (sighs) (laughs) I'll give a 10-second answer and then a minute answer. My 10-second <laughs> answer is my most surprising thing about God was God's grace. I've talked a lot about sin and repentance, mm-hmm. but even as I strived as a Christian these last seven years, how many times God was there with his love and grace picking me up to, to clean me, to free me, mm-hmm. to continue to strengthen me in my walk. You know, um, as much as I love to preach on sin and freedom, I'm not afraid to preach about God's grace because he is so gracious. And his grace is not a license to sin. It's 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 the ability to be free from your sin, the ability to be forgiven, the ability to say, Lord, I really messed up and I'm sorry. And, th- and that God's not sitting there, you know, kind of looking the other way with his nose in the air. You yeah. know, I or thought like, something was there's like, another sin. There's yeah. another sin. <laughs> one of the funniest things I heard one time was when, when, like, could you imagine Jesus being there to Peter when he gets there? Like, you know, I forgive you, but I want you to know you really hurt me. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Like, God's not that way. You know, like he's, mm-hmm. so I would just say my favorite thing about God is his grace. And then real quickly, also his foreknowledge, mm-hmm. you know, and this would again be in a whole nother episode on the true meaning of God's sovereignty. But ultimately the Bible says in Isaiah, he knows the end from the beginning. Doesn't mean that every little thing that happens, he makes happen, but he knows, mm-hmm. he knows what's coming. So nothing surprises God. Mm-hmm. And, and just, I mean, there, there's so much, God is so powerful when you really think about it. The Bible says he calls the stars by name. Yeah. I mean, that's a real scripture, you know? So, I could go on and on, but that's, I mean, honestly, his grace, his, his tenderness, he really does love us and he wants us to be free. He wants to, you know, Jesus said, how often I would have gathered you as a hen gathers her chicks, but you would not, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's a beautiful scripture. Oh, that's awesome. Love it. So the next question is, do you feel like you know why you are here on earth and what do you think your purpose is? Well, as a whole, every Christian's purpose is to fulfill the Great Commission, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus said, you're the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men, mm-hmm. you know, that they might see your good works, glorify your Father in heaven. We are here to be forgiven, to be redeemed, to be set free, to walk by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, and to serve others in him, to bring others into his kingdom. Yeah. You know, but for me, I believe I'm here to preach the word of God. I believe I'm a preacher of the gospel. You know, I'm, I'm a Christian rapper as well. But honestly, if I had to choose one, this might surprise people. I would choose to preach before I would even choose my music. And I love music. I love you know producing. I love rapping on stage. But yeah. I love taking a Bible, standing up and preaching the word of God and okay. seeing the light, the, the, the hope fill someone's eyes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say the Great Commission is, is the purpose to everyone. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. To, to share the gospel. And if you don't know what the Great Commission is, take a look like three episodes back on the podcast and we I can help you. Yeah. yeah. We yeah, can help you out with that one too. <laughs> Absolutely. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Good job. Okay. Um, interpretation. What does this mean to you? 
Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Proverbs 19.21. So yeah, this is literally one of my favorite Proverbs. <laughs> Many, and I'm going to hold this so yeah. if I requote it. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And of course, there's, you know, different, you know, I think the King James says many are the plans in a man's heart, but the direction is from the Lord. The new King James says a little different. So there's worded differently, but it's the same concept. And it's that we can make all of our plans, Mm -hmm. but ultimately, if we're truly surrendered to God, his will is going to be done in our life. And I have found, especially going on seven years now of walking with God, that I can plan something. It never goes exactly like I think. Now, that doesn't mean a Saturday birthday party or a concert <laughs> yeah. doesn't go as planned, but a, but a long-term plan, a, a six-month, a year, where something. Where would I be? Yeah, yeah. where I should yeah. be. Like, for example, this is, I mean, it's going to sound silly, but like when we moved into this house. Uh, Our goal was three, to be out in like a year, four. Four years ago. We didn't plan to be here for four years. We yeah. were like one, two, max. Max. We're yeah. still here. Yeah. And we thought we was going to buy a house up the road. That didn't shake out. Yeah. So God will close doors on you. Absolutely. God will open doors. And that's what he's done with me. I used to think that God was going to provide me a music producer that was going to do all my beats. And I was just going to rap. I had no idea God wanted me to build a studio. And I'm so glad I did because now I have my own sound. Mm-hmm. You know, my music is my music. That there's so I mean I could preach on this for a whole mm-hmm. hour, but this is about God's sovereignty in your life that that you need to go as though everything depends on you, but you need to trust God as though everything depends on Him, mm-hmm. and and ultimately God will get you where you need to go, mm-hmm. and that's what I love about God is I don't have to stress, I don't have to worry about God, how's all this going to work out, you know. Ultimately, I'm just going to press forward with the best ability I have, and at the end of the day, God's going to He's going to be with me, mm-hmm. and for everything's sure. going to work out. Uh, That's something I struggle with a lot. (laughs) I struggle a lot with that because I'm so type A. Like I have, you know, my list and my organization and my calendars. And so I have to let go a lot. That's one of my, you know, crippling things that I have. When I worked at Oneida, I worked with Dave. Mm -hmm. He always used to say our boss, he'd make a plan. And uh, he'd like, you know, plans are just something that's going to get in the way of what's really going to happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I was like, you know, when I was younger, I thought that was just hilarious, but there's so much truth in yes. that. Like a plan is just something that's going to get in the way of what God really wants to happen. What's really going to happen? Yeah. 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 Will, you know? And it's good. It is good to make plans. It's good. Oh, it is oh, good yeah. Direction. Right. Yeah. yeah. But no, you're right about that. I mean, it's, it, I literally could preach on that for now. <laughs> that's a really good scripture. Like, yeah, I love All right. Words. Last question is the hot topic, so it might get a little juicy here. <laughs> if wicked people become wealthy despite their sin, why should we try to be good? Well, um, for one, let me just start by saying there is nothing wrong with wealth and riches, but the Bible does warn that they can be a snare. Money mm-hmm. is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, there were many wealthy people in the Bible, and the Bible even says in Psalms, God has pleasure and prosperity of your servant. But let me read this to you real fast. Psalm 37, verse 1, Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. And go down to verse 3, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in His land and feed on His faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He will bring it to pass. And the, this whole chapter literally talks about the, 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 the evildoers, the ones who are wicked, prospering. Yeah. And, you know, I believe it might have even been King David in one of the other Psalms who said that people say to him, where is your God? Mm-hmm. You know, wh- where is your God? And so here's, here's what I'm getting at. When you see other people prospering in your sin, the Bible says, don't be envious of them. Right. You commit your way to the Lord. Now, as far as the last part of that, if they become wealthy in spite of their sin, which people can, okay, let me say this real quick. There are principles in the Bible that even if you're not a Christian, that are just common sense things that will work, like business things. Mm -hmm. If you show up and work hard, if you give people a good product, if you manage your business, if you're honest, yeah, (laughs) yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna have a good business. You, you may not be a Christian. You may be a wicked person as far as your heart. You operate in Christian principles. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So there are many people, and then there's also people who literally are just wealthy that are, you know, whether it's the mob people, you know, princes and kings that are wealthy. So there are those people that are your, what, what people think of like rich, evil people. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> yeah. is that when you see someone in their sin prospering, you don't have to be envious. Now, as far as why should we try to be good? 
um, we should try to serve the Lord because the Lord teaches us that. And he promises to prosper us as we serve him. He promises to, to provide what we need. He mm. promises to give us direction. He promises to be with us. He promises that he'll never leave us. To, I mean, to touch on provide what we need. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's not our vision of what we need. A lot of absolutely. times I, we've talked to several people that are struggling with, you know, this is not what I want for my life. This is not my plan. Yeah, I don't have and, enough money. I, yeah. don't, I got bills stacked up and yeah, mm-hmm. they want all this thing. It's like God will provide you what you need. Well, right. <laughs> and about finances, we talk a lot in the church about giving, which I do believe is very important. Yeah. But we talk very little about stewardship. You know, mm-hmm. about managing what God has given. Oh, yes. And Jesus yes, says, yes, if yes. you're faithful over a few things, you'll be ruler over many. So when I see people in wickedness and they, it seems like everything's just going good for them, the Bible says their damnation slumbereth not. You know, mm-hmm. we will all be judged before the Lord. And ultimately, we will stand before God. And if we're living in envious of other people's riches or wealth, then we need to check our own heart. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely. And sometimes I think, why would God give you more if you can't? handle what he's already doing. <laughs> You're no, not, not some, people, what he has. some people aren't spiritually ready or mature enough in their faith to handle more money, yeah, to absolutely. handle more land, to handle a bigger family. Yeah. yeah. Like some people just aren't ready for that. And absolutely. you know, that's part of your growth as a Christian. Yeah. No, that's right. hundred percent. So anyways, those were awesome. all really good questions. Yeah. I think. So, Thanks Jaylen, for answering them. Yeah. Uh, you want to close that? Well, sure. before that, I was oh, going to give him sorry. a chance to like shout out his oh, yeah. you know, ministry. Where we can find and, you on yeah. your music and all yeah. that stuff. Um, so I have a website, Jalen Taylor Music and Ministry.com. Um, my first name is spelled J A Y L O N. So it's Jalen Taylor Music and Ministry.com. And on my website, I have links to my Spotify, SoundCloud. That's where you can find my music. I have both my YouTube channels on there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you all, if you all want to hear full sermons, go to my YouTube channel, Jalen Taylor Ministries. And I have like 70 sermons on there, all different places awesome. I've traveled. Um, if you want to hear my songs, you can go on Spotify or you can go to my YouTube channel, Jalen Taylor Music. But I would really encourage you to go to my website. There's an events page on there. Uh, if you want to know if I'm going to be live somewhere preaching or performing, there is um, you know, an about page, content page, and there's even a give page if people want to awesome. give to my ministry or anything like that. So, yeah, my website. Um, yeah, that's where they can find me. Awesome. Absolutely. That sounds great. If I had a church that I preached every single day, I'd tell them, but I travel yeah. and preach and stuff. No, I mean, great. I go to Harvest Church in Aurora. So if anyone's in the Aurora area and you're looking for a good church, feel free to come to Harvest Church. Awesome. All right. Would you like to close this out? Sure. Absolutely. Lord, I just want to thank you for this opportunity uh, for all of us to gather together. And I do ask you, Lord, that whoever hears this message will be spoken to, that the seed of your word will go into their hearts. Lord, I pray for anyone out there that's struggling with addiction or any kind of demonic stronghold, that you will break that power off of their life in the authority of Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I thank you uh, for my brother and sister in Christ, Ali and Jacob Long. I ask you to bless them in their ministry, Lord, to continue to give them wisdom as they share the word of God. Lord, help them to never falter, to never bow uh, before the culture, to bow before you know anything, but to bow before you and to truly hunger after what you would have us to do. Lord, I ask you to prosper them and to just open the doors wide, um, even to increase how many people are seeing this message, seeing what they're doing. And Lord, you know the plans you have for all of us you know what you would have for all of us and i i just give you all the glory in the mighty name of jesus amen amen, amen. all right amen. have a good day everybody yep amen. have a good week